You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Angela, welcome back to this series on websites. And today we're going to talk about website platforms. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me again. Excited to demystify website platforms for your audience. Perfect. I think the place to start is to unpack some terms that we'll be using throughout because I know they can get confusing if you're new to web design. You and I have both been in this world for a really long time. I don't I can't remember if I've mentioned this before, but I designed my first website in college. And so that was, yeah, over 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have been engaged in the world of web design in some to some degree ever since. So a lot of the things that feel really intuitive and natural to me. I've noticed when I'm working with other people, it doesn't feel that way to them. So let's talk about the difference between domains, hosting, and platforms. Sure. Yes, this is often something that I forget when I'm working with a client that I need to break it down. And I like using analogies for this. So the analogy that I best come up with is to say, say you want to buy a house. You're looking at different locations. You know, you're thinking about the land. The domain is going to be the physical address of where you're purchasing this house, you know? So it's, it's the URL that people type in at the top of their search bar where your, your website sits. And then the hosting is going to be like the land that you're purchasing. If you're purchasing a house that's built on a land, it's going to be the physical place that your house sits. In website terms, that really means like the servers where your website files, your images and everything sit. And then you can have platforms that have hosting included um, and that have domains included. And then you can have platforms that have that separate. And the platforms will generally have what is called themes or templates that are essentially designs that I like to think of in the house analogy, like the, the foundation of your website or the infrastructure, the bones of, of the house that you can use to get started, not starting from square one, but to like start with some design and give you some inspiration. So it's kind of like the difference between saying, all right, I want to buy this piece of land that has this address and then build a house on it from scratch versus I'm going to choose a house that's being built and I have a little bit of customization or I'm going to even choose a pre-built house and just move right in. Exactly. Way better than how I put it. <laughs> so. What are some examples of platforms that people might be familiar with? 
Yeah. So the the most common, one of the oldest platforms that I'm sure everyone has heard of is WordPress. Some of the the other platforms that have gained popularity in the last few years would be something like Wix or Squarespace. With a WordPress website, you're going to buy your hosting separately, but the platform itself is free. With Squarespace, you're paying for it all at once and you're going to pay a bit more than with WordPress, but it's a little more beginner friendly. So when we're thinking about choosing a platform, it's a big deal. Talk about why it's important to choose the right platform for you and for the stage of business that you're in. Sure. So I will preface this answer with saying that I um, am a WordPress developer. I've been developing on WordPress for about eight years now. So my answers are obviously going to be biased to WordPress. I would love it if you had, you know, maybe someone down the line who's a Squarespace designer or a Wix designer that could give you their feedback. But basically, when you're looking at platforms, you want to look at not only pricing is a huge deal, of course, uh, you want to look at what is the initial investment for signing up. And then what will be the cost down the line if there's like a monthly, you know, maintenance costs, a monthly hosting costs to host the actual, you know, files of, of your website. And then you'll also want to think about like growth. Are there limitations to, you know, customization to email, things like that, that are maybe add-ons to this platform. So one of the the biggest thing that that distinguishes WordPress from any of these other kind of like all-in-one platforms is that it's open sourced, meaning that you own all of the content when you build a site on WordPress. So you can essentially move that site, the, you know, the foundation and all the content to any hosting platform that you want. So if the price changes on your hosting platform, if the performance changes on your platform, you know, where your site starts loading slow, Maybe all of a sudden, instead of charging you, you know, $3.99 a month, they want to charge you $12.99 a month. You can say, hey, I'm moving on. I'm moving my whole site. I don't have to start from scratch. You know, I can move it off this platform. Whereas a site like Squarespace or Wix, where the hosting is included, you will, if you want to move off their platform, you know, if one one day from the next, they say, hey, you know, we're going to start charging 50% more then you're stuck with starting from square one. So is that basically the biggest consequence of choosing the wrong platform is that you might have to start from scratch? Yeah, I think you would have to start from scratch specifically if you, also if you outgrew the platform, you know, if you felt like, okay, this no longer can can offer what I want to do. I want a bit more robust platform or a robust website with more content. Um, yeah, starting starting from scratch. And sometimes it's easier to start from scratch. I will say that if you have a really old website, but then other times, you know, it can it can be quite sad to let go of all, you know, the work that you put into an older website. And the interest of being balanced, I think the downside of perhaps choosing WordPress, if it's not the right fit for you, would be getting overwhelmed with your options and feeling stuck. Because one of the things with some of the other more beginner-friendly website platforms like 
Squarespace or Wix is that you're actually limited in your options and that makes decision-making easier <laughs> sometimes. So just to kind of try, trying to be balanced here, I also have always developed on WordPress. So Angela and I are kind of aligned on that front and WordPress does not have to be complicated, but because there are so many options, I do think that there's a bit more of a learning curve than some of the other platforms. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes. So I brought up the first kind of like thing, the first thing you want to consider is looking at pricing. The second thing would be time. How much time do you want to invest in learning the platform? Are you a creative person by nature? Are you excited to get in there? Does technology stress you out and overwhelm you? Because those are things to consider. So a platform like Wix or Squarespace is going to have things set up a little bit more for beginners. It, it's really, those platforms are really not meant for developers. They limit you in customization. So coming as, as a developer, coming from WordPress, I've tried to use those platforms before when someone came to me and they needed help. And I found them very limiting. But like you said, sometimes those limitations of like, this is what you can do and this is all you can do. You know, if you see a template or a website that you like the way it looks and you think, oh, I can just plug and play, it can be a lot easier for people to initially get started. The learning curve can be can be shorter for those platforms for sure. Yeah, the other thing is that it limits the ways you can break your website the more control yes. that you have over your website, the more not to scare people because it certainly doesn't have to happen that you break your site. You just need to be aware of what you're doing when you're doing something, not just mess around and not have any trail to follow to undo what you did if you don't like it. Absolutely. Maintaining a site on Squarespace or Wix long-term is probably going to be easier for someone who doesn't have any website experience. If you have it on, you know, WordPress because it's open source and because it you own it, you have kind of like unlimited resources with like plugins that can essentially add additional functionality and features to to your website. And you know, you need to keep those updated. And, and that's a little more built into, yeah, the the platforms like Squarespace and Wix that are meant for more DIY design-oriented websites. Great. So you talked about cost and time. Are there any other considerations that people should think about when choosing their platform? How did you know? Yes. Uh, the other thing would be quality quality of the website, you know, so, so that this is kind of the trifecta of money, time and quality. And you're going to get, if you're going to get something fast and cheap, it's probably not going to be super high quality. So yeah, the quality as far as like from a developer standpoint, um, WordPress really, there, there's no other comparison for a, a website that, that you want to have flexibility to expand over time. It's, I think we talked about this previously that it's really like a content management tool. So you could have, you know, hundreds of blogs. You could have so many different categories. You could have landing pages, sales pages, like an e-commerce site. You can have all of that on WordPress and it can grow and adapt with you. Whereas these other sites, you know, you might have to 
you might have to upgrade. And at some point you might have to move over to WordPress. Yeah. So it sounds like it's important to check in with how ambitious you are. Are you someone who feels like I'm just starting out, but I'm going to get big? Or are you someone who's saying, you know what? I have really modest ambitions. I'm not that into technology. I want my website to support my business, but not drive my business. Something we were talking about in the last episode, the difference between a business card website and a, and a website that drives sales. If you know which of these two paths you're on, then that makes the decision much simpler. And if you're not sure, if you're like, hmm, I, I don't know yet, I'm, I know I'm just starting out and I may want to grow, then you might be somewhere in between. And it's totally okay to change your mind and switch things over. Because if you start out small and then you decide, no, things are going great and I am ready to get big, well, then you, you'll have the budget to pay somebody to do all that for you. So you don't have to worry too much about making the wrong decision. We want to give you the tools to make the best decision you can, but don't stress about making the wrong decision because the same thing, if you start out on WordPress and then you get six months or a year in and you're like, no, this was this is too much. I don't want to do this. There's nothing lost by just transferring your content over to a simpler platform. Absolutely. Yes, 100% agree there. If you started a two or three page website on another platform and and, initi- and initially and then later on in your business as as you grow you want your website to grow with with your business of course and support your business moving over to another platform is doable yeah totally so let's get into some of these platforms in more detail and talk about their pros their cons and who they might might be best suited for one that we haven't mentioned yet that maybe I'd like to start by talking about is Offering Tree. You and I both have relationships with the founders of Offering Tree. Angela is designing some templates for them, which hopefully will be finished by the time this episode is released. And I have interviewed them on my podcast several times. I am an affiliate slash ambassador for them. There's a few things that I really like about them. And the first piece is just the humanity of this company. If your value system includes spending your money places where it's going to do the most good and where you're giving your money to people who have integrity, I think Offering Tree is really worth looking at just on those grounds. The founders are yoga practitioners, meditators, and coders (laughs) who have a a real passion for supporting wellness practitioners of all kinds through this platform. So Angela, tell me a bit about your relationship with them and and what you think about Offering Tree specifically. Yes. So I actually found Offering Tree not that long ago and was really curious for them as an alternative option for people that come to me in the wellness space and they don't really have the budget for a fully custom WordPress website. So what's great about Offering Tree is it's really offering an all-in-one platform for 
anyone who is dealing with a class schedule, with booking, you know, private clients, group classes, setting up live stream courses, et cetera, email as well, you know, kind of kind of does everything. And then on top of that, the great thing about Offering Tree is they do have a page builder built into their pricing model. So if you don't have an existing website, you can start off building your website with them. And if you do have an existing website, you can still embed a lot of their blocks or modules into your website. So you can have a class schedule where people can sign up and see your offerings. So this is really great for anyone who's just getting started out, who maybe isn't so tech savvy and who needs these kind of like all in one. I want, you know, everything to be in one platform. I just want to log in. I don't want to have to like log into my email platform and my class schedule platform and my website platform. They can go here. Yeah. That's a important consideration. I think for people who tend to get overwhelmed by tech the fact that everything is in one place, I think that's a big priority for the folks at Offering Trees to be able to really give a one-stop shop for people. They also aren't nickel and diming you around every corner. We might talk a little bit later about Squarespace, for example, which in your initial comparison, Squarespace might look cheaper than Offering Tree. Might. I'm not, I haven't compared them head to head recently. But what I have noticed is that every single thing you want to do, they're going to tack on a little bit more. And so you can really bulk up your monthly cost if you, if you're not careful, if you're not really conscious of what you actually want your website to do, not just initially, but over time. Because if you invest in creating a website on Squarespace, knowing that down the road, you're going to want to sell products, for example, but you haven't incorporated that into your sort of calculations on pricing, you might be surprised when you get to the point of actually selling things where you're like, whoa, I have to upgrade now and this is not going to be cheap anymore. So just a, a thing to consider as you are comparing these platforms is not just what are the services I need now, but what are the services I'm planning to need down the road? Let me let me compare the pricing for later on too. Absolutely. The other thing is that you were talking about time earlier. And one thing that I have heard from people using Offering Tree is that it's the fastest platform to set up. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I w- I would agree. You can kind of get get up and running in even a few days, a few hours if you want. However, there are going to be some limitations with a newer platform that is has a smaller team, you know, has smaller technical capabilities. So, there's definitely going to be some limitations around the design for the page builder. That's going to be kind of one downfall that it can't really compare to, you know, the the flexibility and the design that that Squarespace and WordPress are, are working on. They're constantly working on refining and improving. And with some of the templates that we designed, hopefully it will be even easier and you'll still get a pretty good quality website. Another thing to consider 
it's a big thing for me when when comparing platforms is looking at like the customer support. If you do run into an issue when you're trying to build your site, are there good tutorials? Is there good kind of like onboarding for getting you started? And then are you able to talk to a support person or a tech person, you know, one-to-one through a chat to be able to resolve your issue? Yeah. And the one thing I'll say about Offering Tree 2 versus some of these bigger platforms, a lot of times when you go to the support for a bigger platform, the first person you talk to might know less than you do about the platform. And they're just reading off a manual and they're telling you to do things that you're like, Yep, I've already tried that three times. Thank you very much. Can you actually answer the question that I just asked you? <laughs> Whereas Offering Tree, my experience is that you might actually get a founder, like one of the actual coders, answering your tech question. So they're much more knowledgeable about the platform and they're really taking in the feedback from their customers and they're paying attention to what you're asking for. Absolutely. Yeah. Often with these bigger platforms, you're dealing with a bot at the beginning <laughs> and you're like, wait, no, how do I type my question? That's not what I'm asking. Yeah. And with Offering Tree, you're going to get that very like personalized attention. They're a smaller team, so they're more agile to be able to pivot to their customer needs. But on the other hand, you know, they're they're coming from shorter time period of building up their technology. So no matter what platform you're on, you may run into issues. That's just part of technology. It's something that I think it's really important to just make peace with the fact that there will be challenges because if you expect a seamless, smooth experience when you're building a website, you're only setting yourself up to get frustrated because there will be something that trips you up, no matter how experienced you are. I mean, when Angela was building my site, Remember that you ran into some really weird challenges and you were super experienced. So fortunately, the host that I use was also very responsive and eventually we worked through it. And I just really appreciate how you stuck with it. And we're very patient. Yes, yes. It requires patience and taking some deep breaths for sure to like problem solve. And I will say they're constantly updating their technology. So you need to make sure that your website stays up to date. So WordPress, for instance, they're pretty seamless, the updates, because they do them quite often. But a platform like Squarespace, if you want to switch from their like 7.0 theme to their 7.1 or 7.2, sometimes you have to like almost rebuild your website from scratch. I saw a, a fellow design agency that that does Squarespace websites and they were doing tutorials for their clientele to basically update like one section of the page at a time. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So if my website's more than like three years old on this platform, there can be compatibility issues with that. Yeah. So if your site isn't broken, you might not want to try to fix it. Exactly. So as we wrap up talking about Offering Tree, who is Offering Tree best suited for and who might it not be great for? Great question. Yeah, I think someone who's starting out, who wants this kind of like all-in-one platform where they can just go to one place, someone who's on a limited budget and wants to like DIY you know, everything at the start. It's not 
great right now for someone who has a really keen design eye because there there are some major limitations around what you can do with the design, but also what works for someone who isn't a designer, <laughs> their their level will be way different than like what my eye will see. Yeah. And then again, Offering Tree's pricing model is very similar to Squarespace and Wix, although you get more than just, you know, the website, but they do have some different tiers and they could go up in their pricing over time. You know, like you and I both know that the team and the founders are amazing people and it's a great investment, but you know, over time as their costs grow and they expand their team and have higher quality service, their platform, also their monthly and annual price could change. For sure. And just one more plug for the ethical side of things. They are a B Corp. So that means that they have called a public benefit corporation. It's not actually a legal entity as far as with the government. It, It has to do with a certification from a nonprofit. But basically what it means is that they have the public benefit written into their bylaws, that they are not just about making money, that they're about doing good in the world. And that's a big deal because there's so much wrong with capitalism and the way that these corporate entities are allowed to get away with having profit as their only directive. And right now, the B Corp certification is one of the pushes against that, at least here in the States. So one other consideration for Offering Tree, especially if you're on the fence between them and a big company like Squarespace, that could be the thing that pushes you to one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about Squarespace and Wix. Should we talk about them separately or should we talk about them together? I would say together only because my knowledge of both of them is very limited. And I think they have quite similar target audience and and structure themselves similarly. Okay. So what is different about Squarespace and Wix from Offering Tree? So both platforms are really built for like drag and drop web design. Generally, they have more tiers in what you get. So the basic packages, you know, the monthly fee starts, I think between like 20 and $30 for both of them. You're very quickly going to see that that's going to limit you on what you can do within those platforms. So their pricing is, would you say a bit higher than offering tree? I would say similar entry price, like monthly. I think, I think Wix is now starting at like 29 a month and Squarespace. Let's see. Squarespace is starting at like 16 a month for like the basic. So Squarespace is definitely starting out lower. However, what you're getting in offering tree is that, you know, free class schedule, free client management, email platform, and you don't get any of that with with Squarespace or Wix to start. Pros of these sites is that they are going to offer more flexibility in the design than something like Offering Tree, just because they are built as 
page builders, drag and drop for people that aren't tech savvy, that aren't designers. They're also going to have way more templated designs or themes already created that you can choose. So they focus a lot on like these brochure type websites, these portfolio websites. They're going to have a bit more of a robust tutorials and training videos and onboarding just because they're dealing with like a much larger clientele and they've got they've got the budget to do that. Yeah. So who would Squarespace and Wix be a better fit for than Offering Tree? Oh, good question. I think they're similar in who they're targeting. So if you're familiar with one of these platforms and you already have your site on there, because they're all structured differently, and what it, you think is intuitive in one platform is not intuitive at all in another platform. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say the other thing is that if you feel that you are kind of picky from a design standpoint, maybe you don't know how to code and you don't have the budget to hire a designer, but you really want your website to come across as being very professional from the get-go, you're probably going to have a better chance doing that in Squarespace and Wix, although you may have to invest a good bit of time you can do it yourself if you're willing to do all that troubleshooting yourself and you're more likely to be able to make it really look professional. Yes, it's also a possibility to combine something like Offering Tree with your existing website if you have it on Squarespace or Wix or WordPress, you know, using their functionality of managing their clients, their emails, your class schedule, your live stream or pre-recorded classes, you can embed that onto your website. And where Offering Tree really found was that there was there was this like gap in the market for individuals, especially wellness professionals and small small businesses. You know, a lot of us are familiar with Mind Body. We come from working in yoga studios where Mind Body was this like all-in-one platform very complicated, very expensive. An offering tree found that like, hey, this is missing in the market, a really affordable kind of all-in-one platform to get to get wellness professionals set up online. Great. One other thing that I think might be useful that we didn't really go in depth in when we were talking about the different terms, but it occurs to me that it might be confusing the difference between a platform and a theme. Maybe that's obvious for a lot of people, but I don't want to make assumptions. So what specifically, how is a theme different from a platform? And are all of the platforms we're talking about, are they all offering themes? So... The theme, which is also used interchangeably with the word template, depending on which platform you're on, is really giving structure to the design. So it's it's starting your pages off with a certain design aesthetic. Sometimes it comes with a little bit of like branding included in it, but you can also, you've got customization options to change, you know, your color, your brand colors and your fonts and your photos and everything, but it's giving more of a structure to the site. Whereas the platform, if I had to 
say the difference between that is that's going to really be the technology that your that theme or that template sits on top of. So it's like the platform is almost like the foundation and maybe the the exterior walls, whereas the theme is the interior walls and the decor. Yes, perfect. Yes, I will add that to my housing analogy moving forward. <laughs> so we've already talked about Offering Tree, which has a few themes, Squarespace and Wix, which have a ton of themes. Now let's talk about the most complex platform that we're going to cover today, which is WordPress. Yes, the platform that I know the best. So WordPress, like I said, has been in the market for the longest. It's got the biggest community. It's got the most add-ons to give yourself a quite a robust website to expand to be flexible. Since it's more for content management, it was known to be lacking a little bit in the design components. Like it was it was really hard at the beginning to get your website to look nice if you weren't a developer. You know, so for DIY people, it was quite difficult to get set up. That's why there's so many WordPress developers out there because you generally had to hire someone to make your site actually look nice. However, in the last few years, the technology has caught up or come leaps and bounds on the design front. So now there are templates and themes out there that are way more user-friendly. It comes with many free templates that you know you can download. All of these platforms will also come with paid templates that you can download if you find if you don't find a free one suitable. I use a particular theme called Divi that is fully customizable and flexible. So things like Divi and Elementor are way more the the user side will be way more similar to that which you experience on Squarespace or Wix. And I know it can be tempting for people just starting out on WordPress to start with a free theme. So let's talk about the difference between a free theme and a paid theme, because as somebody who's been working with WordPress for a really long time, like at least 15 years, I am now at the point where I don't recommend using free themes. I used to. And I ran into issues where actually free themes are easier to get hacked. And that can become a a really big problem and they can become really expensive. So the paid themes are more secure and more flexible and tend to look nicer and they're more likely to be updated, et cetera, et cetera. So tell me your thoughts on free versus paid WordPress themes. I already told you mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree with everything you said there. And I think previously WordPress was a pain because if you chose a theme, you know, you would install it. It set up this kind of like we talked about the interior design of your house for your website. It gave you structure. And what was happening is that there were so many out there in the marketplace that eventually your theme would no longer be updated. So it wasn't updating with the technology. And then all of a sudden, like there's no one, there's no customer support person because your theme's no longer being built out. So that's a really important thing to consider when you are looking, whether it's free or paid, like look at like how many people are using this theme. What is the customer support behind it? And that's why I got into Divi about five years ago, because 
one of the the hardest things for me, even as a professional, you know, developer at the time was figuring out what theme to go with each client. And then if they wanted to like do a refresh on their website and redesign it and make it look completely different, I had to find a new theme that would work for them. So using these fully customizable ones like Elementor or Divi that is a little bit more of an investment it's something that will stay with you for the long term. It can be with you for the next 10 years. I bought a lifetime license. So yeah. this is another thing. You might be tempted to buy a yearly license because obviously it's cheaper upfront, but you can save a lot of money by buying a lifetime license. Yes. The same thing goes for hosting. If you are buying hosting, you know, for one year, versus paying monthly versus paying three or five year, you're going to get a way better deal buying the the longer term one. Even if you decide, you know, that after two years, you let go of your site, you're probably going to be getting a better deal than if you had been paying monthly for two years. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about Divi, and I think probably Elementor 2 and some other premium themes is that there are, there's like a whole community around it. So you can get tech support, you can search for issues that other people have had and how they've solved it. And then there's even outside coders coding solutions for things that might not be already included in, in Divi. So again, it's just very robust, very flexible. If that's what you're looking for, then WordPress plus Divi or Elementor is a great way to go. One thing I think is important to mention when we're talking about WordPress, because this is something that trips people up a lot, is that there's also a hosting included version of WordPress called WordPress.com, which is <laughs> different, confusingly, than WordPress.org, where you buy your own hosting. So WordPress.org, you use the free platform that has been developed in an open source way, meaning that lots of different developers have contributed as volunteers to develop WordPress, which is super cool. And then you pay for your own hosting. So your hosting costs money, your domain name costs money, the platform is free, and then we're talking about, we're recommending that you pay for your theme. Over the long run, this is gonna be the cheapest way to do a website and the most complex, right? It's going to have the most flexibility, the most options, and probably take the most time. You could also do WordPress.com where the hosting is included and you are paying for the hosting on a monthly basis on the WordPress platform. Do you know much about this, Angela? Do you know people who are still doing that and what are the pros and cons? I will be honest and say I don't have a lot of experience in comparing the two. I know that a lot of people were using kind of the all-in-one, mostly when like blogs were first getting started, you know, like 10 years ago, because again, that, that version, there was a lot of limitations around design and whatnot. So I don't even, I, I feel like if there is even still people on that, it's mainly like older blog sites or even setting up like free 
blog sites, but there's a lot of limitations on what you can do in that version. Cool. I'm going to look it up really quickly to see if I can find pricing. Okay. So basically you'd be paying somewhere between $4 and $45 a month. It looks like a relatively low cost option, frankly. So it's something to look into. One thing I'm curious about is, can you move a WordPress.com site over to your own hosting without losing your content and stuff? I believe you can. Yeah, because you own that content. And that's the biggest thing with like WordPress, especially for developers is like you can you have access to all of those files, you know, you can move everything over. And I think it would be very similar from, you know, .com to .org and vice versa. Okay, so this might be a bridge for some people who are wanting to start out in a slightly simpler way and have the hosting included, but know that they eventually want to grow into WordPress.org. It's something to to think about if you feel like you're really kind of in that middle place. Mm, yeah, yeah. Great option to investigate further. So tell me, what else do we need to know about WordPress, specifically WordPress.org, where you're paying for your own hosting? We already talked about like the option to scale, you know, to have as much content to really design like the architecture of the site for, you know, how, how, how to fit with your business. The other thing is going to be search, search and SEO, you know, and performance. Like you're just not going to get the customization that you can get with WordPress to target keywords, to rank higher with the other sites compared to WordPress. And then also on performance, like on these other sites like Wix and and Offering Tree and Squarespace, you know, you're limited to whatever servers they have however their websites are performing. Whereas like with WordPress, there's really an option to be able to get a highly, highly performing website, which means the speed of the site loading to most people. That's like the the basic. And as we know now, that's very important in how you're ranking in search. Great. And then who would you recommend WordPress for? So I recommend WordPress to everyone that has a budget to work with me to fully custom design the site, you know, from top to bottom. I tend to recommend it to people like the majority of my clientele tend to be people that either have a good budget to start with. Um, meaning that they have money saved up or they got a grant, you know, if they are starting out and they know that WordPress is like the right platform for them for growth. And then also another type of a client that I work with are people that have, have really old websites on WordPress. So they have some of these older themes that are hard to get like looking nice. Maybe they're no longer being supported like the technology and they need to a refresh of their their site. Maybe they even have a lot of content and they can't really move onto another platform because of the amount of content they have. And then, yeah, and those would be people that are like mid-career that already have a business. They already have paying customers. So they're they're willing to invest because they know 
you know, the value of having a more updated website for their business. I would also say that anyone who feels excited about technology and feels like they're a problem solver when it comes to technology, if you want a really nice site that can grow with you and you don't feel super intimidated by having a lot of options, if the idea of having lots of options and the ability to grow is exciting for you, then you can definitely figure out WordPress. It is not, it's just not that hard. It's just complicated, but it's not hard. And the reason that it's so doable is because of all the tutorials that are already out there. If you're somebody who's comfortable Googling and you're comfortably following, comfortable following instructions from your research from Googling, you can create your own WordPress website. It will take longer than creating one on Offering Tree and one on, or one on Squarespace, but it will be cheaper and it will, you'll be able to keep it longer. Yes. Yes. Agree with all of that. Yeah, I just don't want to discourage people who are like, no, I I enjoy research and I enjoy problem solving and I feel confident with tech. I definitely don't want to discourage those people from trying to create their own WordPress site because, I mean, I know it's easy to say since I've been doing it for so long, but it's just not that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays we're all using what an average of like 30 different platforms for work. So if you're familiar with how other technologies are structured, and then you can always hire a developer, you know, just for a particular thing that you're struggling with. You know, maybe there's just a particular section that you need help with that you weren't able to find on these tutorials. Uh, you can always go on somewhere like Upwork or Fiverr and look for someone that can just do like a quick, you know, hourly rate to help you to get your website to be launch ready, essentially. I love that. That's a great idea. Or you can just hire Angela. Or you can hire me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Well, I, we covered so much today. If folks only remember one thing from this conversation, what would you like for that to be? I think it was a point that you made earlier, Madhu, on like not letting the decision about what platform to use prevent you from moving forward in creating your website. You know, a lot of these platforms even have a seven day or 14 day free trial. Yeah, totally agree. I would say that the biggest mistake I see people making when it comes to their website is either not getting started or being so much of a perfectionist that they never get to the point of launching and sharing their website. We talked about this in an earlier episode that your website is a work in progress forever. And the more that you just relax into that fact, then none of these decisions have to be a really huge deal. You just make a decision the best you can, and then you keep going, you keep moving, you improve little by little. Yes, definitely agreed. It's it's always a work in progress, <laughs> mine especially, and yours too, I'm sure, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So next episode in this mini series, we're going to talk about how to figure out, yes, I am at the right point to hire a web designer. And then once you're there, how to find the right person. So Can't wait to see you back for that episode. And thank you again for sharing so generously everything that you've shared so far. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure.